0: And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And we continue the series this week, Your Identity in Christ. Who you now are and who you are no longer and whose you are. You are a son or daughter of the Most High God. And you are free from the law of sin and of death because of the grace and the mercy of God in sending His Son, Jesus, on the cross to shed His blood for you and for all the world. And as we left off last week, we were ending with uh, the chapter 8 of Romans, verses 1 and 2. And we were talking about the topic of sin and how it is conceived and gives birth from desires that you act upon after you are tempted. But we have the ability by the strength and the power of God living within us and our free will to say no to temptations and to immediately act upon a temptation so that the desire does not get conceived into sin, which would end up ultimately in the spiritual death. So Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong, for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. So in verse 1, as we were talking about last week, it's conditional. There is no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong, if you are in Christ Jesus, and if you are also living and walking, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So every day, even as a born-again believer, you can also have the ability to decide to walk in flesh, Be be after the flesh and commit sin. And therefore, there is condemnation to you. And there is a judging guilty of wrong, even though you are in Christ. Because you also have to do the second part of verse 1 to not be condemned, which is to walk after the dictates of the Spirit, not say yes to the desires that are tempted of the flesh, but say yes to the desires of the Holy Spirit and of the Lord within you. The Word of God, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, is, is active and alive. So we must strengthen our spirit man within us so that it becomes strong and it becomes the dominant voice within us, and so that therefore it is louder than the voice of the flesh that wants to take part in the desires of the temptations. So, as we continue, we were looking last week on the first two aspects of how we were made free. Also, how can we be cleansed and forgiven of our sins in our daily lives, even after becoming born again, believers? And now this week, we're going to continue with the third aspect, which is how can we keep from sinning and acting upon the heartfelt desires of evil temptations? You may ask yourself, How can I live and feel that I am free from these chains of sin so that that it so easily ensnares me? Chapter 12 of Hebrews, verse 1, it says, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth. Who is this great cloud of witnesses, you ask yourself? If you look in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about the great people of faith. All those people is the great cloud of witnesses. So spend time in Hebrews 11 and see the examples of of the faith, uh, the testimonies of faith and the results of these people trusting in the Lord by faith. Amazing chapter of testimonies, Hebrews chapter 11. But this is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, saying, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin, which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Now, let's pause here a moment. This is talking about... That sin, in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 12. Well, you might say, well, i committed many sins. Which sin are we talking about? That sin. It seems to be talking about a specific sin. So why wouldn't it be talking about all the sins I committed? Well, when you come to Christ, for me, for example, I was committing many sins before I came to Christ. And when I came to Christ, God gave me a brand new spirit, a brand new heart, and God delivered me from addiction to alcohol, for example, after 20 years. Right before I became born again, within a week or so, I was delivered from 20 years of alcohol, and God took it from me overnight. And I had to commit to the Lord before He took it. And the way the Lord spoke to me was, He spoke through another Christian who heard Him clearly say, Mark, if you want to be delivered from this alcohol, You must take the first step, and then I will take the other 10 steps. That's what the Lord said to me. So I had a free will to choose that evening. Do I want to commit to the Lord this first step so that he can deliver me by way of the other 10 steps from the deliverance from alcohol and the addiction? because I had seen the damage that alcohol had done. And we all understand the, the damage it does to our families and our own selves. Whatever addiction uh, or ever whatever sin we are in the middle of, it causes destruction around us and it causes unhappiness and loss. So I committed that night. I was so tired of alcohol after 20 years, it was getting worse and worse and worse, that that night I went home and I poured all the drink down the kitchen sink And as God is my witness here today, he delivered me that night of the urge and the desire to drink alcohol from that moment on. And this was April 2009. And today it is December 2020. So 11 and something years ago. And I have not drank anything, any alcohol since then. I've not had an urge to. So this is is something that we are delivered from. There is many things that we have committed and, and have trouble with, but when we come to Christ, then a lot of these sins, they just evaporate. God delivers us from us from, from those sins. But after we become born again, there may still be one sin that you, you cannot seem to shake free of in your daily life. You have gotten rid of a lot of these other, maybe smaller ones, but there's one prominent one that seems to linger, or it has gone for some time, but now it has returned. And and you're having great difficulty conquering this one thing in your life, this one sin. And that is the sin that is being referred to in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, and that sin which so readily, readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. So what we are trying to find out today is how can we keep from sinning and acting upon the heartfelt desires of evil temptations, even after becoming born again. All right, so that's what we're trying to understand today, and there is good news. So, verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief, as, and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy Of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So the first clue here is the beginning of verse 2, where it says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. And in the Amplified Classic Edition, which is what I'm reading these scriptures from, the version of the Bible I'm reading from today. It says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. So if you take away the square bracket section of that, those words, if this was not the Amplified Classic Edition and you take away the explanation pieces of this verse, it will say, looking away to Jesus. But the Amplified Classic Edition clarifies this first few words by adding in to help us understand. It says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. So let's pause here. Verse 2 says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. So whatever temptation you have, whether it's by sight, whether it's by smell, whether it's by taste, whatever it is, we must look away from that. We must abstain we must say no to it we must shut the door close the door to it and walk away from it walk the other direction so that you are far from it cut off the source if it's a computer image if it's an image on your phone delete the website delete that email delete that advertisement block the spam block whatever it is from your eyes Block it from your eyes, block it from your ears, block it from the taste buds in your mouth and turn away from it. And it may be difficult for you to do this in the beginning, but once you block all these things and say no to these temptations, immediately they happen. Do not entertain the temptation, for you have you have gone one step in that situation, one step closer to acting upon the desire that will then eventually conceive into sin. We do not want to give birth to sin. We do not want to get it to the point where the desire is maturing and being conceived. We want to not even give birth to this thing. As soon as you are tempted, immediately you must say no to it. And if you want, you can say, Jesus, help me say no to this temptation. Help me not give provision. How." Help me not even entertain what I'm about to think or fantasize or indulge my thoughts around. And the Lord who knows and was tempted upon all points by the devil in the wilderness, he knows exactly what you're going through, but he also knew. Jesus, who knew no sin. So that means that while Jesus was tempted While Jesus was tempted, he did not allow the desires to be conceived into sin. He cut it off at the beginning. He cut off the the snake's head so that the serpent would not stay alive. That desire would not mature into sin. Cut off the snake's head and it will die. Whatever you give time to, whatever you give thought to, it will grow, it will mature. So let the thoughts that you give out of your heart be towards the word of God and the things of the Lord and the scriptures. That's why we must meditate and ponder on the word of God. According to Psalms chapter 1, verse 2, we must not desire, meditate and ponder on the things of the flesh, the things of evil, the things of the wicked people around us. We must not follow in their footsteps, for lest we should believe that this is the right way to go. No, we should walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. When you walk according to the Spirit, when you focus on the Lord and you get in His Word and you seek Him with all of your heart and you pray to Him, the strength of the Lord inside you The the power of the word of God being active and alive, according to Hebrews chapter four verse twelve, it will do an amazing thing. It will it will empower your spirit man within you, and the voice of your spirit man will become louder and louder. And all of a sudden, you wake up and you say, "I no longer have that temptation. I'm no longer responding like I used to to that." image of that person or that woman or that man, or the temptation of a cigarette, or somebody smelling a cigarette. and all of a sudden you remember six months ago that you would want to ask them for a cigarette, but now the smell and the taste they put you off because your spirit man has more of a dominant voice, and you have been crucifying the flesh with the strength of your spirit man and in being able to say no to temptation. You have had the power, the willpower. Your free will has had the willpower to say no to those temptations, to the glory of God. Because, listen, without Jesus going to the cross, we wouldn't be able to have any power to say no to anything. We would say no, but the temptation would be so strong because all those other verses wouldn't apply. The ones that say that God has limited the strength of the temptation— it would not have been paid for for him to limit the temptation. So therefore the temptations would be stronger and we would be forever going to hell with no option, with no choice. There would be no Christ Jesus. All this sin would be so heavily weighted upon us. we would be condemning ourselves and it would be such a destructive life. We would just we would just be screaming, "Lord, why did you create me? We would be so lost. And with no hope. But today we have hope in Christ Jesus because the the law of of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has defeated and has set us free from the law of sin and of death. And this is much to be rejoicing. We must not take the blood of Jesus for granted. We must understand the mercy and the grace of God that we have not earned. We don't deserve being set free of what we did in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, our ancestors, they ate of the fruit of the tree that God told told them not to touch. And we, the, the human race, has inherited a problem because of that. We have inherited this world, this fallen world of of sin and of death and, and destruction and sickness, disease and everything else. But in Christ Jesus, we have overcome the world, little children, Jesus said. And now we in Christ can do all things through him who strengthens us. So we have the strength in us by Christ Jesus to say no to temptation so that they do not become matured and conceive into sin. We must not let it get that far. But if you have let it go that far, and now you are in sin, then remember 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. All is not lost. That verse says that if we confess our sins, those desires that have conceived into sin and have gone that far, if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Because when we sin, our conscience becomes condemned. It becomes stained in the in the 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 ugly feeling of sin and what we have done and only the blood of Jesus has the the ability and the payment and the strength to cleanse us of all unrighteousness even though we don't deserve it it is the love of Christ that has paid for us to be delivered to be reconciled back to God and to no longer have a guilty conscience but we have to confess these sins if the desires have gone that far and conceived into sin. Does that make sense? I hope it does today. And I I implore you, please, get your Bible and read these verses and spend time on them all day long, every day of the week. Because these verses, these verses have, have set me free. And I hope they set you free today in the name of Jesus. And there's a few more verses here that are equally as powerful. Psalms chapter 119. Psalm 119 verses 9 to 11 says, verse 9 says, how shall a young man cleanse his way? The answer is by taking heed and keeping watch on himself, according to your word, conforming his life to it. So verse 9, very simple. There's a problem and a solution. There's a question and there's an answer. The psalmist asked the Lord, how shall a young man cleanse his way? The answer is by taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to it. So we have to conform our life to the word of God. We must study the word. We must meditate and ponder on it, understand who we are in Christ, our new identity, and that is what will keep us free and and help us live a holy life day to day. Verse 10 of Psalm 119. With my whole heart have I sought you, The psalmist writes to the Lord, inquiring for and of you and yearning for you. Oh, let me not wander or step aside, either in ignorance or willfully from your commandments. Verse 11, and hear this verse. Verse 11 says, your word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against you. So you see the power of the word of God. The power of the Word of God and the only thing that we have to keep us from sinning, that we might not sin against the Lord, is so powerful. So if you're not reading the Word of God today, if you're not spending time with Him, you are a sitting duck. I'm sure you know the phrase. You are sitting there and you are easy target for the enemy to to bait you on the hook. You are that fish that is not being pushed by the devil towards the bait. But because you have no word in you, you are, you are tempted by the loud voice of your flesh that has not been crucified to go towards, to swim towards that bait, to eat the bait and become hooked by addiction to the bait. And then you are caught and then you have to be set free by confessing your sins. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. But do you really want to go all the way through that? Why don't you have the power of the word of God in you on day one so that you can say, no, I know what that bait is. That is a bait of temptation. I do not want to uh, let my flesh uh, rule my life. I want to crucify my flesh. And the strength of the power of God within me, The strength of the word of God that I have laid up in my heart, according to Psalm 119 verse 11, has given me the strength in my will to say no to that temptation, to say no to the desire and the flesh. I will not feed my flesh by agreeing to swim over to that bait and become hooked. So we must lay up the word of God in our hearts. We must consume the word. We must let it consume us so that we keep our old man dead that we may keep our flesh crucified and not let it be resuscitated. You know, the doctors and the emergency doctors that come to the roadside when someone is no longer breathing and they give them mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, CPR. You do not want to give your old man resuscitation. You do not want to give your old flesh to be brought back to life. You need to keep your flesh crucified, keep it dead, do not bring it back to life. So, therefore, you consume yourself with the Word of God, the life and the things of the Lord, so that you may keep your spirit man alive and the dominant voice in your heart, so that when you see a temptation, or taste a temptation, or smell a temptation, or well, someone says, how about we go and do this thing? You can immediately say, no, uh, thank you, but no. And you start to lead them to the Lord. Say, I used to do this, what you want me to do, but this is what happened. And let me show you what the Lord has done in my life. And let this person hear your testimony so that they may not go and do that evil thing and become ensnared and continually give food to their flesh. But lead them to the Lord Jesus and watch the Lord do a miracle of deliverance of that temptation in that person's life. You could then disciple them. These are opportunities for you to disciple based on your testimony, which is so strong. We just have a few minutes left of today's program. So when we read, meditate and ponder the word of God, as we are told to do in Psalm chapter 1 verse 2, we strengthen our spirit man so that the spirit man inside of us becomes more dominant than the voice of our flesh. When we persist in feeding our spirit man with the word of God, we can conquer the temptations every day of our lives, and our fleshly desires will become weaker and weaker, and we will then sense freedom from this wretched bondage of fleshly desires that can result in sin when it is conceived. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 to 25, it says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus, the Messiah, have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature, with its passions and appetites and desires. Verse 5, If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward, walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. Well, let us be controlled by the Holy Spirit today. Let us not be controlled and seduced and baited by the fleshly desires of the devil and the world around us and the things of of evil and sin and lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. You know, I want to eat all this food today, but do you really need to eat all that food? Because you could be in sin with gluttony, you want to really look at this image on your computer screen. You will be feeding your flesh with the lust of the flesh. You'll be in sin. It will, it will give birth to sin. We need to cut off those desires and say no to them immediately. Let not that thing grow in your life. Put that thing to death in your life. Do not feed what is not of the Lord. Only feed your spirit with the word of God. Only feed yourself, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions of the things of the Lord and the word of God, which is active and alive in you. So that is what we have time for today. If you want to send us a prayer request, we are at touchofgodradio at gmail.com. touchofgodradio at gmail.com. If you want to call us for prayer or if you want to tell us a testimony or have any questions about what you have heard at any time from this program, we would really do love to hear from you, especially all the way from Zambia, Nairobi, Kenya, and anywhere in the world where you're listening to this program. So we are looking forward to hearing from you. The number to call is country code 1-407-705-3151. Country code 1-407-705-3151. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.